Welcome to the Elevate Your People podcast, a place to be refreshed and energized by work again. I'm your host, Danielle Dietz. Let's talk about how we can create an environment for your people and results to thrive. This episode fired me up about how in tune and accountable leaders can be for the experience they're offering employees. Join my conversation with Kim Marshall, the CHRO of Travel and Leisure Company. Kim is a focused and inspiring executive who led an organization through a time of change to come out with a clear voice and identity, one that's authentic to its people. In this episode, you'll learn the importance of your brand to employees and candidates, not just your clients, how to uncover your internal brand identifiers and double down on them, and how to involve and elevate your organization in defining and owning its brand identity and experience. Kim highlights that hiring an employee means the company is making a promise to that person. And as we kick off the new year, it's a great time to reflect on how you, your team and company can not only keep that promise, but ideally exceed your employees' expectations, whether they're a new hire or it's someone who's been working there for decades. Kim's insights enable you to take your employee experience from participatory to intentional and empowering through the lens of your brand. Enjoy. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the Elevate Your People podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You're most welcome, Danielle. Glad to be here. Awesome. So for context, everyone, Kim Marshall is the Chief Human Resources Officer of Travel and Leisure Company, which is the world's largest or the leading membership and leisure travel company brand that has a portfolio of nearly 20 resort, travel club, and lifestyle brands associated with it. And Kim has been with them for almost 11 and a half years now, but she actually got her degree in accounting from Texas State University and entered her professional sphere with some accounting firms, but then shifted into human resources around the time she was with Walt Disney. So besides the career path and awesome roles that you've held, would love to hear what are some other titles that you identify with in life? Wow. Well, I have a lot of titles, um, which many of us do, right? Uh, definitely mom, mom of two adult children, which has been amazing. Every stage has been amazing, but um, having adult children is a whole different uh, different uh, role. Um, also, uh, avid traveler, love to travel, um, avid beachgoer. We spend a lot of time in New Smyrna Beach. Do love that. And uh, we live on a lake, so we're very fortunate to spend a lot of time boating as well. And I took up golf during um, during COVID and have enjoyed playing for the Bay Hill Nine Holer League. It's a little, a little golf league that plays nine holes, which is perfect for me because it's about an hour and a half, uh, two hours, and then you have lunch because it's all about lunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so those are my various roles. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. You definitely sound like you have a very full life when it comes to stuff in the work sphere and then outside of it. So I love that. And now let's dig into, you know, your passion for accounting in the beginning. How did you end up shifting into HR? Like what kind of led you to that when you were with Disney? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I know it's not a shift that many people make, but there actually are a few of us out there who have found each other and networked over the years. Uh, but I spent many years in public accounting right out of college. I was recruited uh, to Arthur Anderson and then spent a number of years in Houston, Texas with, um, with that public accounting firm and then transferred or actually made a change to Price Waterhouse, now Price Waterhouse Coopers, 
and um, ended up Disney ended up being my largest client when I was with PricewaterhouseCoopers. And um, I ended up spending a lot of time out at Disney. And what happens is, you know, I really developed a, a love for that company and that culture and, and decided to go to work there. Started on, of course, in the internal audit side because it really fit with my background. And a couple of years in, I was fortunate enough to be part of a project team where I was supposed to be the finance representative on the project team doing the what if analysis for bringing all the staffing together for the entertainment division. That was our, our project team role. And it was led by one of the HR directors um, who actually she had become HR, an HR VP by this time. She was leading the project team and she and I got to know each other well. And I told her a lot about my background and skill set because I, I had had the opportunity to do a lot of consulting on the Anderson side, Anderson Consulting. And so I, ha- I talked to her about my consulting background and she's like, wow, we're doing a real pivot in HR We're really moving um, into the space of really wanting to be more internal consultants and strategic business partners. And so at that stage, Disney was doing a big transformation with HR. So they asked me to join um, HR and help them with that transformation. So it was an amazing opportunity. And I loved it so much. I stayed in HR for the rest of my career, which has been the last 20, 20 plus years has been in HR. So that's amazing. And so cool how that organically happened and going from the numbers and the project work and then thinking about the consulting experience, how that came forth and then pulled you into HR, you know, something that you hadn't thought that you'd find yourself in. But the fact that you've spent the last day. never dreamed I'd be in HR, never dreamed it. But it's been amazing because I really find that having a deep business background is essential to be a successful CHRO. And to really understand um, the business and understanding it from the financial side first is always important. So I encourage anyone going into HR to make sure that you dig in and understand the financials of any company that you work for or support because it it will make you that much more valuable as an HR business partner. That's no, that's awesome, awesome perspective. That it's cool how you've seen that play out in your in your two decades with it. So What's also wild is you've been with Travel and Leisure for more than half of your HR experience. Yes, so I have. what drew you to join their organization? Yeah, it's actually been um, 20 plus years in, in HR, probably closer to 23. I went to a couple of other companies when I left the Disney organization after spending 11 years with them. Um, I spent time in two other industries as a senior vice president in HR, leading HR for those two businesses and realized that um, I really missed hospitality. So when the opportunity came up to get back into hospitality, I made the decision to um, make take this role with Travel and Leisure. And at the time it was called um, Wyndham Destinations or Wyndham Vacation Ownership originally and then Wyndham Destinations, which I can get into later a little bit as we talk about our transformation as a company. But I found that coming back into hospitality was really near and dear to my heart because I feel like it's, I love to travel. I love the customer focus of hospitality. And I miss that in the couple other industries I went to when I left Disney. One was a a large medical supply company and the other was a logistics company. And so you realize, wow, you know, hospitality um, was wonderful. And that's the reason I came back to hospitality. That's awesome. So drawn to from your personal passions. And then I think it's cool how working with Disney just really placed that on your heart and you wanted to to draw back into it. So obviously travel and leisure company, a fortune recognized company, large global brand. 
But what's interesting is you recently underwent some work on employer brand and then also candidate experience and have won some accolades relative to those two. So, you know, being in CHRO, CHRO there, what drew you to, or even, hey, if it was another leadership decision, what drew the company to decide, hey, this is a time for an employer brand refresh and then even digging it into the um, candidate experience? Well, for us, you know, we really felt, we, we believe having a strong employer brand is critical for success, especially in, you know, the talent market that we've been in the last few years, very, very competitive talent market. And we hire just under 12,000 people per year. So we have a huge um, need. We have over 100 recruiters um, who uh, are out there hiring for us. And so it is a huge machine and very important to the success of our company to have great hiring practices and to really be able to attract talent, strong talent. And as you know, it's just become more and more competitive. And so uh, we decided at the same time, our company went through a name change because we purchased Travel and Leisure. And I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, We started as Wyndham and we were part of Wyndham Worldwide, a larger company based in Parsippany, New Jersey. And in 2018, we split the company and we became the Remain, Remain Co., the remaining company. And our Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, we spun off as a separate company. And so the remaining company was made up of our timeshare division, as well as our exchange company and our rentals business. And so our vacation rentals business. So we brought all that together under one umbrella and and named it Wyndham Destinations. And so that was great. And we had our we had our Wyndham Destinations brand. We had our consumer facing brands. We did a refresh of consumer facing brands. And then in the middle of COVID, we made the decision to buy the travel and leisure company. So we purchased the Travel and Leisure Company and in, we own the Travel and Leisure Magazine, but we license it back through the Meredith Company, which is now called Dot Dash, who actually edit the magazine. But our role, we really wanted to own the Travel and Leisure brand and have that be our umbrella company because um, Travel and Leisure is the most trust, trusted travel brand in the world. And we really felt strongly that as our growth continues, we will be we are branching out in other travel related businesses. So we really wanted that um, new travel and leisure um, company name and brand. So we did that. And as part of doing that, we felt like, wow, it's the right time to do an employer brand refresh and really ensure that everything is in alignment between our consumer facing brands and our internal um, employer brand, because we we believe that's essential. I was so. going to say, I'm glad you just differentiated that because I think some people think of a brand, it's like an employer brand. Oh yeah, that's your company brand. But that exactly what you mentioned, consumer facing brand is very different from the internal facing brand. Yes. And, uh, and they, they really need to connect to be seen authentically but we do believe that and that the look and feel of the brand needs to be similar, your consumer facing and your employer brand. But, you know, your employer brand is really the promise you make to your team members, your associates. We call them associates, our employees. It's the promise we make to our associates of what we will provide to them in exchange for what they are doing for us. And it's tied to our employee value proposition. So our employer brand, and our employee value proposition are aligned in our new, um, they always have been, but with our refresh, we wanted to ensure that that alignment continued. And we also wanted to make sure that it was appealing to the candidates that we are now recruiting generationally across all generations, as well as the incredibly diverse workforce that we have. 
we wanted to make sure that our brand was refreshed and, and more modern. So that was a lot of the reason for our um, brand refresh. That's awesome. And I think that's really good awareness of seeing, hey, the business shifted, had some acquisitions, some spinoffs. So now's a really good time where what our brand is represented in the external world has changed that we should also think about that internally and for candidates, for those people that we're marketing and wanting to attract to, that it that it really resonates and connects. So obviously that's a, a huge feat. Who were some of the stakeholders? Did you guys get, you know, an, an out of house brand? I mean, leadership was involved. Did you do kind of internal focus groups? I'm really curious how the voice, because you mentioned authenticity a lot, and I think that's so important. How did you guys ensure that that resonated with this new refresh? Well, we did. We definitely developed a project plan, and we hired a partner, which was United Minds. They're a consultancy division within Weber Shanwick, who do a lot of brand work. So we hired United Minds to come in and work closely with us. We um, developed a project team and we also had a senior advisory team where I led a team of senior leaders and we, we um, were the steering committee for the project team. But we formed a project team with the help and then we used the agency to do a lot of the external work for us. And then we did a lot of the internal work. So, for example, um, we had the agency interview over 40 of our leaders across the company because we're a global company in 41, 45 countries, 245 resorts, 45 countries. So we had the agency interview over 40 uh, leaders across the company. They also did a, I'll call it a lookalike survey. We did an internal survey with our associates to really get their feedback. And then they did a lookalike, they call it a lookalike survey with, um, or with candidates who look like our employees they went out and did a broad um, survey with candidates to really test our what we were doing with our employer brand, to test a lot of our um, ideas that we had in developing this employer brand. So it was a huge discovery phase, and everybody doesn't have to do as big a discovery phase as we did, but we wanted to just go all in and make sure that what we were coming out with was aspirational yet authentic. Um, so that it was believable and that and that we were that we all supported it from our associate perspective. So that was the discovery phase. And then um, we reviewed all the all the data and made decisions. They gave us the agency, tested some different things in the market externally as well as internally before we landed on the final product. Wow. Yeah, definitely no small feat in that sense. But for a large organization, it makes sense to be really thorough if you're going to invest in that. But what I love that I think any size organization can learn from is the internal engagement that it sounds like you are very intentional with. And so their voices were heard. And to your point, it's aspirational, but it's also authentic. So when a candidate enters the organization, they see this at play within. It's not just some sort of beautiful campaign. So love that there was the buy-in on the front end. How did you guys then reveal, share this with the organization and and how was it embraced? I'd love to share that um, because what I'm very proud of is in the discovery phase, the work not only um, was what the agency helped us do by doing the surveying and the interviews with all the leaders, but then the project team took that and really dove in and said, okay, what are, what are things that are coming to the top from these interviews and these surveys around what our employees and externally what people think of us? And what came to the top was four pillars that really describe our culture. It's care, fun, opportunity, and impact. 
And so those are, those things kept resonating as to how, how we are, what our culture really is like. And we said, you know what? We really want our um, EVP and our employer brand to reflect who we are. And we want these, these pillars, as we're calling them, care, fun, opportunity, and impact. We want it. We want to know that there are things we can continue to evolve. So we shared um, when we went to do the reveal, what we did was we started with a couple of our groups, like our large general manager group, who are general managers out of our out of all of our resorts. They were doing a conference. So we went to the conference. We rolled it out with them as a sneak peek to see what they thought. We then um, rolled it out widely with our um, town hall with our CEO. Our CEO introduced it. Um, myself and our head of employer brand went through all our head of, um, I should say, head of brand went through it all with all of our associates and walked them through our discovery phase, walked them through our pillars, walked them through what we call our cultural blueprint, which really aligns our company strategies with our pillars. And we rolled out our um, EVP or employee value proposition is where memories start with you. And that where memories start with you is really, a, a, a it has a lot of duality in that statement. It's, it means our associates, what they, they're creating memories for our guests every day in our operations, in our field, but at the same time, they're creating their own career memories. And we, and we walked them through all the, in the opportunity pillar, all of the things that are available to them to really grow their careers. And we, we share that a lot with people, but having it packaged all as one EVP with a overall employer brand was a, a great way to roll it out. We also had a new career website that we launched at the same time and really um, included a, a, a manifesto video that we shared with our, our, our associates. We have it on our website as well. And then we also shared just a lot of detail around what are those proof points behind those four pillars that make up our culture. Wow. I mean, that is that is really awesome to hear the way that it encompassed so much more than just to be communicated with the candidate, you know, the candidate audience, but to think about, hey, what are the identities that our employees feel making that the employment value proposition? I love how you say that's a promise that you're making to them. And the the connection of the memories, not only for the customers, the clients, but for employees, because I mean, our job is it's a core area where we are making memories. It's not just the the simple day to day, but what are the projects you're working on? What are you a part of building? And that is just as memorable as vacations that people take. And so I think that's a really cool way that ties in kind of how you had a passion for hospitality. It kind of connects that even into the workplace and the day to day and keeps them anchored in. This is the why we're doing stuff. And you guys are getting experiences, too. Yeah. And the other nice thing about it is, you know, we really are have enhanced our travel benefits for our associates. So in addition to some great career opportunities with our leadership development, because 80% of our promotions are internal. And, and we do that through what we call our leadership bench programs, where we have people entering to, to learn about that next level and how they get to that next level. And then they're on the bench for that next level. So we walk them through um, and give them opportunities for that career growth, which they're creating their own memories through that. And then enhanced travel benefits where they can travel with their families to have their own memories and also create memories for our guests when when they're really serving in that customer focus areas. So 
That's awesome. It kind of all ties in. <laughs> okay, it sounds like Travel and Leisure Co. has, has figured out um, what a lot of the professional world is on the journey to of that life is so much more than just, you know, the day-to-day executing at work, but how are you developing as a human being? But then also how is work being a vehicle to create experiences and memories with your family outside of it as well? So what a cool way that leadership was really intentional that this this goes so much beyond just branding and marketing, but that you changed other programmatic elements that, like you said, just make this really authentic. Yeah, we actually went through every one of the pillars after we looked at all the proof points, meaning like, what are all the reasons why care comes to the top? What are all the things we do for our associates, our associate relief fund, our wish days where we have people go and support charitable organizations that they're proud of and we pay them to do that. I mean, we identified all the different proof points in each of those four pillars and we said, okay, we want to make sure we package these and share these in a robust way. But then at the same time, it's our job as kind of the keepers of the culture along with leadership to look at those each year and see how can we continue to enhance these four pillars so that it's it's still always a great place to work. We measure it through measurement. We do our um, annual Gallup survey as well as quarterly poll surveys to measure how we're doing against against continuing that that those cultural elements that are so important to us. That's awesome. I have like six different ideas I could do spinoff podcasts for with you and some of the things that that you've just mentioned. But and that you know was was an uh, an interest of mine was thinking, hey, sometimes leadership or HR can roll things out and it's just communicated downward. And sometimes that can be a hurdle is, hey, how do you ensure everyone's bought in and everyone is representing this? But it sounds like you guys instead captured what everyone's already representing and just put like words, theme, really captured the ethos of that, which then keeps that authentic authenticity. It's not that this had to be communicated down and ensure that it was kind of enforced throughout the organization. Yeah. And it's one of those things we also decided let's launch first externally. So we did our careers website. I mean, we did our careers website with our new brand. We, we launched it internally by telling our associates what was going on through town halls, et cetera. But then we launched it externally through career, the careers website and all of the brand guidelines for our recruiters to use and our employer brand team who do, does all of our social posts and all that. We, we wanted to make sure the look and feel you know, stayed true to the original design. But then we turned our focus internally and said, OK, let's look at every single aspect of our of our associate journey. First, we looked at the candidate journey and we made sure we wove we um, wove in the new employer brand into all of our candidate journey. And then we said, now let's look at our associate journey. Once you're on board, what are all the places where we need to weave in this um, this employer brand and employee value proposition to ensure that it stays aligned and the, and the look and feel is the same externally and internally, as well as any new programs we we want to add in the future that they're aligned with our with our brand. So that's been an important part of the continued journey. And I would say one key for us is we hired an employer brand leader who reports to our head of talent acquisition. Her name is Kelly Buckley, and she had done this at several other companies. And we said, let's come in. Let's not just roll it out and forget about it. Let's have someone who literally wakes up every day thinking about employer brand. And so that's what she does. And so she has a close tie to our brand team. And then she's part of our HR team. So, uh, and, and, you know, she, she 
client reaches out to me on a regular basis and says, don't forget about this, Kim, or what about that? Or do you want to put that in your next presentation? Or do you want to think about this? And she's doing that with the talent acquisition team. She's doing that with all of our key teams so that we keep this alive. Because the last thing we wanted to do was invest in a, a new employer brand, a refreshed employer brand, and then roll it out and have it kind of sit on the shelf. We did updated photography. We did, you know, some things to really kind of really keep it alive. Yeah. And how cool. I just think about for companies, it's obviously easy to connect. Wow. I need to not only architect my brand, but I need to maintain it when it comes to, you know, consumers. But then to think about internally the the ownership and the accountability of we don't just want to kind of launch this once. Let's ensure we're keeping this alive, like giving it breath and vitality. So it continues to make sure that our organization is thriving in the way we're representing. And the I love those four pillars because those are really the core kind of collective values of the people of the organization of what they love about travel, travel and leisure company, that you're ensuring you're feeding those, you're fueling those, and that those key identifiers aren't burning out. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's a lot of time of change in what was going on in the company. And the fact that you guys rebranded, the way you went about it sounds like it created almost like more glue within the organization, not only from the leadership programs, the enhanced benefits, but the fact that someone's, I mean, the Gallup survey is really keeping a finger on the pulse of making sure this is staying true to your identity and staying healthy. Have you guys seen sort of any internal metrics like referral rate, retention, things like that adjust since this? I don't know if there's been enough time to see that come to fruition. We have. We actually measure lots of things. But I'll just cover a couple of the high high points. We, uh, with the new employer branding on our social posts, um, we've seen we've seen applications through social increase by thirty percent over the past year since we began this rollout. We have also seen um, an increase in our applicants coming in, and we are up to about thirty one percent referrals. So all of our hires, thirty one percent, are internal referrals. So people are excited to refer their friends. It's been a great re-energizing because we've got, you can text to apply now, you can text to refer people. So it's, we've also really made it easy for people. Um, We put it in front of them. We have, uh, um, what we love about referrals is referrals stay much longer, you know, because people love working with their friends. People love having, you know, being able to refer people to the company. And that's the ultimate really story is if people want to refer their friends to work for your company, then you know, you, you know, that, that I'll call it that employer EPS score, if you will, will, you know, that everybody's striving for NPS. We strive for EPS because we really want our, our employees referring others. So we've seen some, some huge impacts in those areas. Um, so I would, I would say that was a, you know, we're, we're saying it's a success and we want to continue to to, you know, monitor those numbers because you, you know, you got to monitor it to, uh, to see the full success. Yes. Completely. And make sure that things don't start to drift away just because you don't not once again, keeping your finger on the pole. So how cool, I mean, you said you got a hundred recruiters, you're, you know, hiring thousands of people every year globally that 80% are, you know, promoted from within. And then almost one out of every three candidates is coming from a current employee. Like, when I just think about a healthy organization, those are really important indicators that say, hey, your people are enjoying being a part of it. They want to invite others into that same experience. So this really transcends beyond just a brand campaign, 
but saying, hey, how are we ensuring and honestly giving you healthy indicators to make sure the organization's doing well and those areas that are an identity to it, because that's going to keep the people there. Yes. And one of the big things that cuts across all four of those cultural pillars of care, fun, opportunity and impact is you can bring your authentic self to work at Travel and Leisure. And we love that. And that was what attracted me to the company in the first place 11 and a half years ago. And we've stayed true to that. And you know we're very proud of the work that we've done in the DEI space as well, because we've continued to evolve there, um, which allows people from all walks of life to bring their authentic selves to work and to feel good about in the past, you know, especially being in public accounting and, you know, um, having some of the clients that I had over the years, there were some client groups you would go to and you felt like you needed to bring your professional self to work, but then your personal self better stay home fully. Right. Um, You kind of had, you kind of had two phases of, of, of your life, you know, and we feel like our, our associates come to work with their whole self and we welcome their whole self. You know, so that's been a big plus and we love talking about that. And I'm excited to say that today is the culmination of our entire rollout of our employer brand and the fact that we're um, rolling out our new um, intranet. We had an intranet already, but I would say it was um, not as smooth and wonderful as what we're rolling out effective today. Uh, We partnered with Microsoft and are rolling out the Unily product um, which is an amazing product, but we call it Compass, our, our internet, because you can really find your way around the company in Compass. But it's mobile friendly. It's it's amazing. And the launch page is our employer brand. And we've redone all of the aspects of, of what our associates look at from benefits to travel benefits to, you know, development, et cetera. They can all get it on their phones easily now, and it's beautiful, and as you, and we're using our um, new employer brand. So I'm excited about today. So it's kind of funny that we're doing this podcast today on the day that we're finalizing our and launching our Compass intranet. That is awesome. Well, congratulations to you, to your team, Travel and Leisure Company. And I think it's, it's cool that, yeah, we're having this conversation because in a way you can reflect on all the work that has been put into place for now this you know, key milestone to come to fruition, which is, which is really, really cool. And also I want to make sure I mentioned too, not only internally, you know, the impact that the brand refreshes have, but you guys were recognized as having one of the top 25 candidate experiences, which is incredible for the fact that this is kind of the first full refresh of it, that it right off the bat started resonating with the external employer audience too, is really awesome. Definitely. And I'm very proud of our talent acquisition team. I have to give them some kudos for sure, because they really looked at this whole thing and said, you know what, our candidate journey, we should be looking at it and looking at at our candidates as as we would our consumers. They're just as important, if not more important than our consumers, you know, are equally important. You know, we need to really look at every aspect of that candidate journey and make sure it's world-class. And so they spent a lot of time doing that, even at the same time, we were looking at refreshing our employer brand because they really wanted to make sure that um, that the quality of the processes behind this beautiful look and feel matched, you know, um, the true experience that candidates were having. So that's why uh, we're very proud of that award and very proud of our talent acquisition team. Yes, that, that's awesome. I think it just shows what a best in class job you all have done, how it's recognized externally. And then, like you said, all those metrics that are going on internally, the referral rate, the increase in applications, just just how healthy that is. 
So if you think about a company that doesn't have potentially as many resources um, or, you know, kind of a season in their, their company's history where this makes a ton of sense, how would you kind of advise someone if they want to influence change, if they can sense, hey, there needs to be a little bit of a refresh within our brand or we're so focused on communicating to consumers, but gosh, we don't really have a voice to, co- to communicate to our employees or to candidates. How would you kind of, uh, what, what are maybe some simple things you would advise them? You know, if you're a company that is maybe smaller than ours or a company that maybe you just don't have the funding to invest in an agency to help you, I do feel like there's, you know, the same process can be done internally. If you, um, if you, if, if I was a CHR of a company that didn't, couldn't afford to invest in it or didn't have the funds right now, what I would do is I would, I would definitely do the research phase, but just do it internally, pull a project team together. You know, you can research the great questions to ask around really ferreting out what is our true cultural pillars because you may not have ever really looked at it like that, but what, what makes up our company today and how would we define each of the aspects of why, why people love to work for our company, map those out, test them with some focus groups, internal focus groups, test them with some candidates and just, and see what, what bubbles to the surface and what bubbles to the surface is your true, is your true identity and your two cultural pillars and then say, what are some things we need to do to enhance these cultural pillars to make them even better? Are there some additional things we should add to make them even better? And then now let's get with our internal brand team and let's and let's refresh. You can do that all internally if you if you wanted to without a big budget and really do that. And then work with the communications if you have a communications uh, person on your team. Work with them around. Hey, how do we package this? How do we how do we tell our story? between the brand and even if you only have a couple of brand resources and one communication resource, pull them together and look at how can we package this information that we've, we've learned about our culture. Cause a lot of people can t- talk about their culture, but you know, they maybe define it in a couple sentences and don't really dig down into what is the why of how we describe our culture. So if we describe our culture as you can bring your authentic self to work, well, why, you know, and what does that look like? And you can really ferret out what those cultural pillars are. And then it makes it easier to kind of hang your hat on each one and talk about them. So I would I would do it as an internal team if, if you don't have the funding to work with an agency. I think that's a great point where, yeah, you can pull together individuals, especially kind of how you guys mentioned you have those bench people. You might be able to identify people that have shown really good leadership capabilities or an interest, or maybe they are a cultural representative of your company just organically kind of getting those people together. And I love the fact that you can uncover those cultural pillars. And then to your point, what actions can you take to enhance those? Let's not just see, okay, who we are, but wow, if that's really our identity, how are we making sure we're continuing to fuel those? Because that's obviously what people are, are drawn to. And I love what you had talked about further too, of how, you know, your employees and the candidates or your associates, the candidates are arguably equally as important as your consumers. Because if you don't have people fueling the company, I mean, you could have all the demand in the world. And if you don't have the organization to support it, then, you know, the consumers aren't going to have a very good experience. So I just think that's really important when businesses are thinking about kind of how they want to have people spend their time is let's not neglect just because things are humming along internally. Let's not neglect how we're representing ourselves and how we're engaging on the health of the organization because you're just equipping people to 
articulate their culture, whether or not they're in recruiting. Every single person that works for a company represents the brand when they are talking with friends about it or they're talking with peers. And so I think what's really cool is how Travel and Leisure Company has taken what represents it as its brand to the to the customers of, you know, creating those lasting memories, um, building value, how that really spills over into your employer brand and sounds like it's really resonating with your employee. It really is. And, you know, the other thing I noticed through this process that, a, that someone could do without an agency as well is, you know, who your brand, I'll call them your brand, internal brand ambassadors are around the company. There's always the people that love the company are happy to talk about it. Reach out to them and say, why, why are you here? Why do you love it? Tell me all about that. You know, and get some senior leaders involved um, because they love helping shape, you know, how this turns out. Um, because all of us have to be the keepers of the culture. We have to be the brand ambassadors for our own culture. And so really tapping into the people that are already passionate about all of that is, is an easy way to do it. That's so great. And then you had mentioned a couple metrics that y'all had had um, that you take. I mean, the Gallup surveys, poll surveys, things like that. Were there any new metrics that you implemented specifically when employer brand was launched, or did you just keep a closer eye on maybe the influences since the launch? Um, we we asked specific questions in our poll surveys, which we do quarterly around associates' understanding of the new employer brand, you know, what they thought of it. That that was one way. Another way is our candidate experience. We measured what they thought of, you know, the new employer brand, the things they read. We also were able to really take a look at our candidate flow, our applicant flow, the number of impressions and social media posts about our brand, all of those things were measurements that we did to ensure that it was increasing and that it was making a difference. So those are the things we're keeping our eye on. But but the proof the, the real proof is the number of applicants and candidates that you have coming in the door just from reading your website and your social posts. It's it's pretty amazing that um, you can literally drive a lot of the candidate experience through this refreshed employer brand. Oh, it's incredible. And think about, like you mentioned earlier, you know, 30% increase within that. 30% increase. Is yes. Huge. So it was phenomenal. And you think about the time and effort, especially for your recruiters, you know, when they're hiring that many people, if they're getting really great candidates, obviously a bunch coming in from the referrals, but if they're also getting more interested individuals, it's less of the hunting and searching. Um, and exactly. The table. Yes. It's more reviewing resumes and less about the search, the hunting, which takes so much longer. Yes. So it's been been great to increase candidate flow. That is wonderful. Well, I mean, it sounds like some incredible work. Obviously, um, Travel and Leisure is getting recognized for it. I mean, even outside of employer brand, companies been recognized as one of the world's most admired companies for 2021, 2022. And just, I can see why based on the things that you're saying. And I've said it lots before, but just the intentionality that you, your team leadership has with ensuring the candidate and the employee experience really aligns with the ethos of the company and is having healthy attention paid to it. Well, what was great was having uh, our CEO, Michael Brown, is just very engaged and very supportive of what we're doing. Our senior leadership team, all of Michael's direct reports, we, we meet regularly and they're very passionate about our associates and know that our associates are our most important asset and continuing to bring great people to the, to the company is a top of mind for all of them. 
which has been a great support to me as a CHRO, having them all uh, be very supportive of this project and very supportive of the continuous improvement of our culture. Definitely. The fact that leadership, I mean, up to the CEO truly embraces the value of that doesn't just, you know, say it for the organization, but in the time, the energy, the support, you're able to feel that as a CHRO. I mean, that speaks volumes. And I think also shows in, in all the work that you and your team have been able to do and the, and the success of it. Thank you. It's awesome. So as far as a piece of advice, I mean, I feel like we've gotten a ton all throughout this, but just outside of employer brand or candidate experience, kind of if a listener was a mentee of yours, what is one piece of advice that you'd like to share with them? Happy to. Um, if they're, if they're, if the mentee happens to be in HR or has an aspiration to be in HR, you know, I would give them the advice, as I kind of mentioned earlier today, that dive in, know your business know it as well as the business leaders, understand it from both how we make, how you make money, how the company makes money, how the company drives the consumer experience, know all that first, then put your HR hat on and start thinking about how, how, you know, what's the most important thing to our associates? How do I ensure that we continue? Because we're just, it's just as important for HR to be involved in growing the business as it is for the business leaders. So I tell my mentees, jump in, roll your sleeves up, learn the business and and have a true voice at the table, not a seat at the table. Nobody needs a seat at the table. If you're just sitting at the table, you're not doing us any good. You need to have a voice at the table. You need to be talking about what we can do to grow the business. And if you know enough about the business and how we make money, you can, you can have a voice. The other thing I tell people is hone your influence skills because in HR, one of the most important things is influence skills. You may never see your name in lights. You may never see your quote somewhere because many times we're there helping guide the organization, helping coach leaders. But many times you may hear your words out of a leader's mouth and be proud of that. Be proud of the influence you had. And so I think influence skills are, you know, just super, super important. And that's what I would uh, tell associates or tell mentees. And the other thing that I've learned in my career is peer relationships are the absolute most important. People may tell you, you know, make sure your leader knows what you're doing. Make sure that your leader is supportive. Yes, that's that's kind of table stakes. Make sure your direct reports are happy and, and thriving. That's also important if you're in a leadership role. But the most important relationships are your peer relationships. Those are the people that you'll work with cross-functionally to grow and influence the organization. So spend the time developing those peer relationships. So that that would be the advice I would give people. That was awesome. I mean, I think anyone that um, really adheres to that, that will not only enhance and give you more joy in the day-to-day of valuing what's going on in the business, how you're connecting with your peers and feeling empowered to have a voice. I love that piece too, of not just being in the room at the table, but having a voice that really matters because you've done the work to understand the business. And also you have the relationships, which usually comes with the respect, you know, to, to hear you out and carry the weight of that and not anchoring in how much recognition you're getting, but, you know, getting your value from I'm permeating the leaders, the organization, and that, that is what is important because that's leading to change. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for your time. I mean, for if anyone wants to connect with you, she's Kimberly Marshall on LinkedIn and then Travel and Leisure Company, as you mentioned, have social profiles. If you want to Google them, 
It'll come right up for, for the organization. And if you have any questions, obviously feel free to reach out to me as well about it. But Kim, I cannot. Happy to connect. Yes. Yes. Happy to connect with anyone who wants to connect. I cannot thank you enough for your time today. The insight on this. I think it's awesome, whether you're a large organization or a small one, how you really can influence and kind of support your organization to realize what are we communicating internally and with our candidates and how can we be intentional about that and also enhance it too. So you're just making what's good even better. Well, thank you. Thanks for your time today, Danielle. I've enjoyed this interview. It's been awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Take care. Thank you for spending your time with me and desiring to elevate your people. I hope this conversation energized you to take ownership in your work experience. Let's raise the expectation and create conditions for our people to thrive. Because when we enjoy our work, the business results and our lives show it. If you have any guests you'd love to hear from or dive into a certain topic, please message me on LinkedIn. Another great way to influence the world of work is to share this podcast with others. Until next time, continue to elevate your life and elevate your people.